0: Welcome to the Construction and Ad Business Growth Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Rinkob from Storybuilt Marketing and Consulting, where we believe having clarity on that one vital need your business needs to address right now is the best way to grow your business. Today, we are entering into part three of a four-part series conversation with Scott Lovell. We're going to be talking about something that is super important to both of these industries, and that's relationships. Such a relationship driven industry when you look at both of these industries and how they're using it to really grow geographically in a strategic way. And it's guiding how they're making these decisions and partnerships that are accelerating their growth. So, pretty excited. Can't wait to dive in. Let's get started. Another thing that we talked about a little bit that I wanted to ask you about in our conversation earlier was. The fact that I think in in these industries, there's so much relationship involved. And I feel like over business in general, we've seen a shift in how relationships work. But in my mind, I feel like maybe with even more with the distance and the technology, sometimes we're actually craving those relationships even more. But especially in these industries, it's really, really important the business decisions or the investment decisions that a lot of people in agriculture and construction are making. In our equipment is, and you know, and and you're looking at equipment, it's a long term asset, it's going to require maintenance, it's going to require repairs, like these are really big commitments. And some of those relationships with our equipment manufacturers and dealers and representatives really important. And they tend to span, I mean, even multiple generations for some companies and stuff like that. And I know you guys have, you guys have grown a lot. You guys are, you're planning on seeing some tremendous growth. And I know some of the stuff you guys are talking about is, you know, putting dealerships and trying to get into other areas geographically and how the approach you're taking to that because of how important you think the relationships are and having kind of those boots on the ground and being able to actually have those relationships. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are working on and, and the strategy you're taking for that?
1: Yeah, sure. The in the industry, a handshake goes a long way. Yeah. Somebody says, "I'll give you my word." It means a lot. Even though the construction and the ag industry and the mining industry, they're they're involved heavily in technology. They are. Mm-hmm. But a face to face person looking them in the eye is still important to these people, and we recognize that very early on. So we are we are very very selective as to who we allow to represent Smithgo from a dealership perspective. Um, as we grew, we recognized the need to develop more of a dealership network than what we had at the time. It's just too big to do all the sales from in-house. Mm-hmm. And we also realized that these guys want to look at these people in the eye that they're buying from for, this, for the reasons you just mentioned. This, these are big investments. They wanna know that that person's gonna be there for them if something goes bad and take care of them. And they grew up with these relationships, right? If we're talking even construction or ag, it doesn't matter. Most of these companies and most of these individuals buy their equipment, whether it be truck or traders from the same people that dad did mm-hmm. or or the, the founder did, right? And so relationships are huge to them. And so we are very selective about who we choose to rep Smithco. We have dealers across the country clamoring to be our dealerships, whether they don't meet certain criteria that we've set up to be a dealer. We we just say thanks, but no thanks. Appreciate your interest in us, but uh, you're just not what we're looking for. Conversely, there are a lot of trailer manufacturers that will sign up anybody. It's all about selling the the product. But that name on the side of the trailer means everything to us. Smith That's that's who we are. So much so that our guys on the floor even they will say that I built that trailer. And that's how we want our dealers, dealers to, to view that as well. They're vested in it. We're vested in it. And um, it's a partnership. And we view that very, very importantly. To give you an example, we just recently rolled out a financing option through Smithco for anybody that wants trailers. And we rolled that out to our dealerships, but we set it up and we're very intentional about it to make sure that any financing program that we rolled out would not intrude on any financing program that maybe our dealerships already had in house. We've had instances, you know, our dealers have uh, protected areas where we mm-hmm. don't let dealers cross, and yeah. Smithville will not sell into their their areas. We uh, a few years back had a, a company come to us out of Pennsylvania where we have no dealer didn't have a dealership at that time, and bought some trailers from us, and come to find out they put those trailers to cert into service and right smack dab in, t- in the dealer's area. And what did Smithco do? Smithco paid a commission to that dealer, even though they did nothing for that sale, because mm-hmm. that sale ended up take, being taken from them unknowingly. And so that you know, that's, that's the kind of relations we're talking about. We're in business to make money. They're in business to make money, but we're here to support that dealer and that dealer needs to show that they have that level of commitment to the customer that we do as well.
0: Yeah. What do you think are some of the key characteristics when you guys are looking at dealers or considering dealers that really kind of, you know, make them an easy yes for you guys or a hard yes?
1: Yeah. I like to see a dealer that's hard to get a hold of because he's not in the office. He's out on the road.
0: He's Mm -hmm. in front of these
1: guys, meeting with them. They have to know their territory. We like to see a dealer who reps a wide variety of trailers that are on the higher end of the trader offerings. If they're repping just lowball poorly made traders because it's all about the margins for them, they're not for Smithco. Okay. Because we Makes know sense. they won't they 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 don't care about quality. So they have to have a quality mindset and we'll look at their their dealership. Now their dealership has to has to show that. Um yeah. it doesn't have to be the Taj Mahal, but it's got to look like it's put together decently. Um you know, they had need to have repair facilities a parts department so that our customers can be um, serviced by those dealerships and not having to call the, the corporate office here at Smithco to have a problem resolved. And so it's all about that one-on-one. So they need to have a, a good history of servicing people. Uh, so we'll go out and we'll do, um, you know, interviews, calls to current customer base that they might give us, you know, what? what do you think of these guys? Of course, we look on Google reviews and all those things as well. So we, we try to do our homework for, for anybody that's looking to want to rep us.
0: Yeah. How long does a process like that look like for you guys from the time that you have maybe initial contact to and you've done all of your due diligence, you've really researched, talked to people, and you really feel confident like you can make a partnership type relationship? What does that look like?
1: It depends if we know who they are or if we don't. If they're brand new to us, it could take three to four weeks to do that research. But we've had some dealers that we know who they are we're working with one out on the east coast i won't say their name yet because we're not finalized with them but they're a huge dealer and they rep the very best in it and they've noticed us and we noticed them a long time ago and we're okay making contact with them we we chose them to be our dealer but uh, the side dump really hadn't taken off much from a concept standpoint out out east but now they've noticed us and we're in talks with them. They very much want to rep us. And so we'll, we'll have something signed here shortly. But um, so it, it depends if we know who they are and we know they meet our, our qualifications, our requirements. It can be pretty darn quick. If it's not, if we don't know them and they're a fly by night operation, we'll have to do some take some time to, to, to look them up
0: yeah so for for other maybe business owners and manufacturing that may maybe looking at partnering with dealers and looking at those or any kind of partnership relationship in order to expand their market or grow their sales when would you say uh somebody needs to what are the things they need to really be at where's the point they need to be to know that they're ready to take those steps and how would they prepare for that that kind of growth in their business
1: that's an interesting question i think we realized were that we were at that position where we needed to grow from a dealership standpoint because we felt we were missing out on opportunities just because we didn't, there weren't enough hours in the day and not enough people here on the ground to do that. We looked at different models, whether it was to put corporate stores out in the marketplace or to buy our own dealerships and set them up at Smithco dealerships. I think we got to the point where we knew where we were in the marketplace from a side dump perspective and at what our market share was. We did a whole market analysis. We knew where our share was and looking at, okay, side dumps have this percentage of share of the whole dump market. The opportunities are here. The risks are here. How do we get to where we currently aren't um, a viable option for people for whatever reason? How do we get into the area's where people who are using other types of dump traders, but not side dumps, and how do we convert them? Well, it goes back to that relationship thing. So we identified that we need to have dealers on the ground in these areas where side dumps don't have a very big presence. And it's about education. It's about getting one guy to try it and it works. And he won't try it unless he knows somebody's going to be there to supporting. Mm-hmm. You know, the construction industry In your background, you probably know this, uh, things are done the same way year over year over year, because that's how we've always done it. Yeah. And that can be a tough nut to crack at times. But once that nut is cracked and people see the viability and the benefits of the side dump over other dump products, then it just snowballs. You're right. And when it does snowball, you need to have that support group there to, to handle that influx of orders and the increased need to support that customer base that you just developed. And you can't do that from the corporate office. You have to have people in that area.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's no
1: different different car dealerships. People don't go buy cars at Ford. They go to the dealership, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that's going to be really insightful for anybody that might be at that stage. And I think it's all different types of partnerships for all different types of businesses is how do you know when you're ready to really find those partners?
1: I think an important thing is you have to know... If you don't know who you are as a company from a culture standpoint, and then you're going out trying to establish these relationships with third parties, whether it be dealers or finance people or whatever. If you have identified who you are as, as a company culturally, then you're not ready to go out and establish these relationships because you don't have any criteria what to base them on. Um, I think that's I, a
0: really good point.
1: I think you can get in trouble if you don't do it.
0: I think so. I think and that's how you kind of set the terms of those partnerships. And I think knowing yourself and knowing your own company culture and your own brand and, you know, what your goals and objectives are. And, you know, that's what helps you kind of create a litmus test for partnerships. Because in the end, once you start getting to those partnerships, they can be incredibly exciting for growing our businesses. Incredibly risky because you're putting a lot of your brand and your awareness in their hands essentially and it's so important to have those i mean it's just like hiring it's just as critical and it should be just as intense process if not more than hiring somebody because it's just it really represents you in an area where maybe you don't have as much you know touch point you know from your head office
1: so well i think important thing to realize is yeah getting a sale is a, is very important but getting that repeat sale is even more important yes anybody can get a sale it's keeping that customer Time and time again, and year over year, is where company growth really happens.
0: Mm-hmm. That's where things get exciting. That's where I think you start. I know with a lot of my my customers, we talk about the business hierarchy of needs, and that's when you get out of those get stages and you start getting those give stages. You're making an impact on your industry. You're building a business that's going to have some sense of permanence and stuff like that. So that's where things get exciting too. Is when you see that your sales are repeat sales. I think that is a signal on that lower level, the business hierarchy of needs that's signaling you that you are probably playing at those upper levels
1: at that point. I agree.
0: Okay. We are almost to part four and it's been really great. Scott is sharing some really great stuff. It's really exciting To just hear about all the great things that they've been doing. I know exactly why everybody tells me I've got to meet this guy. He's got a great business. They're doing some really innovative stuff, but you're not going to want to miss the next show. It is the final one of this series. And we are talking about how they're taking an approach to marketing that is pretty uncommon in their industry and amongst their competitors and how it's paying off really big. I think this one might provide some insights and some inspiration for all of you listening out there to catch the next series, make sure that you are subscribed to the show. And if you have just a quick moment, you don't even have to take more than a few seconds. You can scroll down and leave an honest rating by quickly clicking the stars.